Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of My Blind Life. I am your host, Stephen Mike. And before we get this show started, I want to wish everyone, well, all the mothers out there, a happy Mother's Day. Um, I could only imagine how hard it is to be a mom. Um, I'm, I know I'm never going to be one. Uh, but uh, I do have a mom. Um, I do have a grandma. Uh, so I can only imagine. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for everyone, but... <laughs> uh, but in, in, in this term, I am speaking for everyone. Happy Mother's Day to every one of you. Um, hope you are getting treated uh, like royalty um, and shown that you you mothers are appreciated. So with that being said, um, let's get into the episode. Um, I have my very, very good friend, Desiree Marcotte. She's uh, She so happens to be a uh, single mother of a beautiful baby girl. Um, her story is very, very interesting. It was fun talking to her um a wave of emotions um she had me choked up uh during the interview as well so i hope you guys enjoy this episode um also she wanted me to introduce you uh her as a pyt um i said no desert i can't do that but you know she she was adamant about it so <laughs> but um so here she is the beautiful the intelligent the brilliant the Dramatic Desiree Marcotte. Welcome to My Blind Life. One, two, three, four! Hey, what's up? How you doing, Desiree? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, how's everything How's everything treating you up there in uh, Kansas? Mm, pretty good. Yeah? Ready for the summer and dealing with current events, but... <laughs> current um, events. Um, so I've been wanting to ask you, which I keep forgetting to ask you, is it it still cold over there? No, it's pretty nice. Um, kind of rainy here and there, but it's been like 60, 70s. What's what's spring weather over there? Because here in Texas, spring is like 85, 90, 95 degrees. No, in Kansas, spring is... 60 70 it still feels like spring right now and like sounds nice we usually get pretty hot towards the middle end of may that's when it gets to like 80 90 and And that's hot for you guys yeah that's hot what do you mean like 80 like like uh, like <laughs> like what, high okay, up there 80. What's the, what's the highest that y'all have got or like what's y'all's average high I guess you can say. Like 90s is average. Like like Some low days. 90s? Like all around. Kansas is one of them places where it's this it's this way one day and this day this way the other day. But it's usually 90s um this I'm gonna go with 95. I'm gonna go right in the middle. <laughs> no, nah, that's like that's like the very beginning of summer for us. 95, but not even. That's like I think in the middle of spring is 95. No, it's not. It gets. It doesn't get rainy and chilly. It, yeah, and- it does. It does get rainy. It does get fresh outside. And I know fresh is not a word that you guys what use, is but. Fresh? We- what is fresh? fresh is like nice and breezy but anyways uh, <laughs> like it does rain and it does do all that stuff but like i think for us it's like 95 
like 90s is like the middle of spring and then when it gets to the summertime it's like 100 105 110 no that's, that's how it is yeah, it's hot. <laughs> this is why we hate no. the summer here. And it's humid, too. It's a humid summer. It's always humid down yeah, here. I don't understand that because I feel like when it's hot like that here, it feels pretty damn humid. It don't feel wet or anything. <laughs> it feels, I don't understand when people say it feels, it's humid. But I do, I can say that I went to New Mexico and that heat was nothing to play with. But And it was, I guess they said it was humid there drier something i don't understand that's dry I know. Heat. yeah that's dry heat oh that was not good that's a desert heat Ugh, that nasty. made my skin feel <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway so <laughs> we should get into this so all right so um this is gonna be your blind life uh so introduce yourself to everyone and uh we'll start things off for from the beginning where you were born and how old you are and what your condition is Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Desiree Marcotte, and I am 26 years old, and I am born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. What's your eye condition? My eye condition is op- it's, um, it's an optic neuritis attack due from NMO, neuromyelitis optica, and or DeVick's disease. Whichever you prefer. And you weren't born with that, right? You were li- you no, Yeah, I was a young adult when that happened. So, how, What do you mean a young adult? How, how old was that? 19. I started going, I, I had blind spots when I was 18 and then it, it, it progressed at 19. Um, but I, I grew up up until all the way before 18, like I didn't have any signs or anything of that condition in particular. Um, it just kind of happened my senior year. So I want I want to ask you this before we move forward because like, uh, so you lived a normal childhood and teenage year teenage life, right? Like yeah, as a, as a no no like no eyesight. No, I mean no eyesight. No eye conditions. No diseases. Nothing like that, right? No. Yes, I was very normal. So do you find? <laughs> did you whatever. find it kind of? Because I was the same way. I I didn't lose my vision until like I was twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find it different in the blind community? Um, not different. What's the word? I guess tough or rougher to um being blind or becoming blind later years as opposed to being born blind. Uh, yeah, it's um, I think like people who were born with it like that's all they know that's that's their world mm-hmm. and then here we are and then even like kids like if you're like a kid and it happens to you that's still like all you know yeah. but for us that age is just like so crucial into like you know becoming adults and stuff like that messed me up that was like i always say like that is if that's the worst age <laughs> I feel like anybody could freaking go blind and all this stuff. Like, but yeah, it, it was it. Cause you have to deal with like, I don't know if they, if they had to deal with it, like who people who are born blind, but I know for me, like just dealing with the transition and grieving, you know, what you once had and just 
you just think about everything that you can no longer do and you just for sure every single thing just keeps coming to mind and you it just like consumes you almost so yeah i feel the same way that's that's how i felt like i i didn't i wasn't part of the blind community i didn't know much of it until like after i've moved to austin and, and went to the independent living center and got to know blind people and i, I realized like it felt like i wasn't part like i was in the blind community but i wasn't part mm-hmm. of them because i wasn't born blind mm-hmm. so. well even even with that like so once you get like get immersed in it, like it still takes you like a, it takes you a long time to even be comfortable with the fact like nobody freaking goes blind and like oh okay I love this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it takes a long time for most people to be okay with it, and so just during that time, like it sucks. But then even for me, like I can still I still have some vision, and so I struggled. Like okay, I'm not really like y'all. We're completely blind. I can't really relate. Like, do I need this? Do I need that? You know, trying to figure out what exactly worked for me. And so you're visually impaired, right? You're not fully blind. Yes. Visually impaired. I can see out of my, I can't see anything out of my right eye. It's all black. Um, no light perception or whatever. And then on my left eye, I guess we're going to go with tunnel vision and I've, I've never used that before until recently, but I guess I don't have any like upper or lower or peripheral. And so what I see in that little tunnel is <laughs> it's pretty blurry. And I, I compare it to because before I always wore glasses growing up because I couldn't see far away. And like I, if I take my glasses off, like I can't read signs or I can't you know, see people's faces, but I can see them there. And that's basically what I see now. Like I can see the big E on the letter chart, the first line. I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) you, you wore glasses as a kid? Yeah, I did. Was that, Um, was that like a precursor to, to maybe it had nothing to do with it? I don't think so. All of my brothers and sisters, um, wore glasses. We all got them as kids. So, so let let's 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 start off as 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 you as as little desert as a kid. Let's t- let's talk about your beginning life before you went blind and and all that good that childhood stuff. Mhm, mhm. So once upon a time, on a cold spring day, I was born, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was born to a, a woman and a man. My mom had me. She. Um, <laughs> She met my biological father and they did not work out. And when she was pregnant with me, she met another man. And this man was there uh, when I was born. He stayed with her um, and was there for my birth and everything. So he didn't, he didn't make me, but he was there from the very beginning. Um, So that was my dad and that was my mom and, so he was he was your father but not your dad. Right? Is that is that how the saying dad. goes? He was my dad, not my father. Oh, it's the other way around. My biological okay. father. <laughs> no, yeah, my biological okay. father. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was I gonna say? Um Yeah. He was there. 
they had me. Oh, because he, uh, when he met her, he thought he would, the doctors told him that he couldn't have any kids. Um, so he kind of just cling to me. Um, like I was his own Yeah. and then he married my mom and then they had my other sister two years later. And I guess he yeah. could have kids. <laughs> And then he went on and had some more kids later on. So some doctors lied to him. But anyways, uh, grew up pretty normal, your average chunky little girl running around, <laughs> <laughs> eating too much food and <laughs> playing outside, getting dirty, all that stuff. I, we and, I think, are all kids chunky? I grew up chunky. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I know. I, I know. My little brother. He was. He was skinny as a kid, but then he, he ended up becoming a chunky little fat kid too. I, I thought that not, was. I thought that was kind of normal. I mean, nah. Like we were pretty overweight. Like, it, nah. Because I used to get. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> we were, I used to get. I was very self conscious at first because my kid, my friends weren't. My friends were all skinny, and I was just like that weird, funny. <laughs> that one <laughs> my grandma my, my grandma would feed me bread and butter as a snack because um, I loved bread and so I think I just ate way too much <laughs> bread and butter <laughs> but yeah so okay so you have you have uh, a brother and a sister right? older brother and a younger sister right mm, yep Okay. And those are Plus, so your older brother is it is he from the same father of your father? Okay. Is it we're gonna go into this? Uh if you want. Check check this out. Okay. So <laughs> my mom had three kids. My mom's got three kids. My older brother is five years older than me. Shout out to Megan. Um, yeah. Five years older than me. Then she had me, then she had my little sister two years younger than me. Um, so she met my, you know, my dad and had my sister. So my dad and my mom, they got divorced like pretty soon after uh, my sister came along. And then he remarried pretty quickly after, uh, had two more kids. So we have, can I name them? Sure. It's going to be hard. It's going to be confusing. Okay. So, okay. Your older brother is named Jordan. And then Jordan, my mom, my mom has Jordan, then Desiree, then Whitney. Then Whitney. Okay. Now my dad had me kind of, you know, sort of, but I, so he had Whitney, then he had destiny and Trey with his second marriage. Um, and, and they are, about five, six years younger than me. They're 19 and 16 right now. Um, so that's them. But he also, there's another one with him that he thought was his kid, uh, has the same name as him. He actually has the same first, middle, last, and he's the third um, of my dad, um, Dwight the third. Um, he thought that that was his dad um so he was named after him and then uh turns out he wasn't so there's 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 d um and he's older than me too he comes around um here and there and okay okay hold on hold on i'm a little lost 
So, <laughs> okay. I never know how to describe this. So, okay, <laughs> your your dad has as Whitney, is his younger sister. Uh huh. And then two other younger siblings, right? And their uh-huh. names are uh-huh. Destiny and Trey. But Trey is Dwight Andrew Downing the third. And that's his real son, right? Correct. And then, but you said there was a th- third one that he thought was his. Uh huh. Was that before Trey or after Trey? That was before. He's older than me. He's uh Jordan's age. Oh, so it was before they met. He met your mom. Yes. Oh. Correct. Okay. 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 Uh, that makes sense now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, he still comes around here. I still claim him as my brother, so he counts. We're gonna we're gonna count him. Okay. Uh, so then we have my biological father. He has uh, a son, a junior. He's a junior, Leandre Junior. He is a year younger than me, so twenty five. Um, and then I have a little uh, another brother. <laughs> I don't know his age i we just found him out he's a uh, probably like 20 and then we have leah um who is 20 so i feel like i need to do like a venn diagram or like a spider <laughs> like, gram with this uh yeah is that all I your got, siblings yep that's it I, I thought you were gonna go with more okay <laughs> that's what we're gonna go with Jesus, that's a that's a big family. Then do y'all ever like all get together? No, 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 no. All separate. Oh, okay. I have my I have a separate life for each of them. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, how how was it growing up? So hold on. So are you are close with your dad's kids, right? Not your biological father's kids. Correct. Okay, so how I'm was close it? with my mom and my dad's kids. So how how was it growing up with with that side of the family? My mom, um, I grew up living at home with my mom with Jordan and Whitney, and that was normal. I mean, my brother was a stupid older brother who pranked me and was stupid like that. He, you know, you know, your little sister, you want to tag along everywhere, and you know, one <laughs> or two. <laughs> mom makes you. Um, it was, it was, it was okay. And then on the weekends, me and my sister would go to my dad's house and he usually, he never like really lived. He lived in Topeka a little bit, but for the most part he lived, um, in like the town over like a city over or whatever. So, and at my mom's house, I was the middle child and I do suffer to this day from middle child syndrome. (laughs) Um, it's a real thing. And it's, it's it's hard to, to deal with. Um, I feel like I need accommodations. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I can attest to that too. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> Is there like any resources out there? Is there like a community? <laughs> we should, we should create that community. Anybody who's listening in is middle child syndrome, uh, has middle child syndrome, uh, reach out to me. We'll, we'll, we'll create a <laughs> Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's connect. Um, and so um, at my dad's house, I was the oldest. Um, and, you know, it's just, it was really confusing. You know, I just never really know where you stand, who you are. 
you know, <laughs> it, it, it sucked. <laughs> I liked, but it was nice. It was, it was cool. We had, um, my stepmom was really, I had, I had, and I, they're not together anymore. Um, but of course she's the mom of my brother and sister. So she's, I still count her as my stepmom to this day. Um, still have a good relationship with her. She was always really nice, really just like my second mom. So she was, she was a funner version of my mom. Do you still have a uh, good relationship with your dad? Yes. I love him to death. He's uh, somewhere. He lives in another town, but yeah, talk to him. Your your dad not not biological father, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have a very good. I'm pretty much. Some people call it spoiled. Um, <laughs> I don't like that term. <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> I, I, I would just say deeply, deeply loved, and I just <laughs> get what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's so. good. Um, that, that's that's really a good word. Uh, uh, a man or even a woman who comes into a child's life at a very, very young age and they treat them like their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that pretty um, noble and honorable. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you had a, you had a good childhood, uh, pretty fun times with your, your brothers and sisters. Any, mm-hmm. um, any mishaps? You said your brother was a jerk kind of, um, when I, <laughs> I elaborate on that. He was the biggest jerk in the world. He did. He just. First of all, <laughs> if your brother, if your brother ever tells you to put your hands on a hot grill, I didn't think it was hot at the time. My mom had just grilled. I mean, it'd been like an hour or so. I felt like in my head it was like an hour and some. The grill was cooled off. He said, "You put your hand on the grill, does he? Put your hand on the grill. It's not hot. I don't know why." <laughs> I listened to him, put my whole hand, like, I mean, forearm and everything, just, I'm just going to listen to my brother. Does he, st- <laughs> does he still remember that? Does he? Yeah, he- I can call him up right now, and he still thinks it's funny. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> so, Did he just pick on yeah, you or your sister, too, your younger sister, too? Um, It was kind of like, my younger sister is, is pretty sensitive. She, like, She's a lot more sensitive. And so I think he thought it was just funny to pick on me. It was kind of just mean to pick on her. Um, so she was kind of <laughs> just. <the baby. laughs> like it's it's Isn't mean to, to pick on her, but her. It's, 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 it's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes we would go through phases where me and my sister would pick on him or him and her would pick. Him, yeah, they would pick on me or me and him would pick on her. How old are you um, at this time? Uh, it was probably, it had to have been second or third grade. You had to know mm-hmm. better, right? <laughs> I mean, second or third grade. You, okay. I guess I would okay. understand first okay. or kindergarten, but. Okay, well, I'm going to go with first or kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was probably like early kindergarten, first grade. No, I, I think I think, I think we, I, I'm pretty sure it was second <laughs> or third grade. <laughs> okay. No, you Have know you what? No, freaking- I I I think no, I I can okay. I I give you uh some um what's that word? 
some slack for for falling for that. I mean, I guess we don't know much that much we're better. Like, we're not like we're not like third grade geniuses. I mean, gosh, what do you expect from us at that age? Yeah, because I mean, everyone already knows my story about what happened in third grade, so I can I, I poop myself <laughs> in third grade. So, <laughs> so I, I can honestly say that you know I um I guess third grade we don't know that much better. <laughs> so right, I can't, I can't right. give you I can't give right. you shit for that. We're not trained at all in third grade. <laughs> I I remember okay. I, when I see okay so I I pooped and. I still look back to this day like, I guess we don't know better, but I was getting yelled at for, for pooping myself in third grade. Uh, yeah. It kind of sucks, but... <laughs> I, can, I can see that. At, at least, I mean, I guess I'm not alone. You, you touched the grill when it was hot, so... We okay, don't, we don't, well, we don't, no, 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 what I mean is like, we don't know we, any we better. Don't, we don't, we know, don't any know any better. <laughs> that's that, and that's that. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so okay, you had a good childhood, uh, third grade, uh, around that time, and uh, so around what time did you um, wasn't to say. So okay, you were the middle child in in, in your mom's side of the family, but when you went to your mm-hmm. dad's side, you were the older child, right? How was that? Because you were getting picked on as a middle child, so how was it as an older child when you went to your dad's? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Did you pick on the middle child? <laughs> Absolutely. A hundred percent. I picked on <laughs> the middle, the middle ones. There was four of us over there and, and my cousin um, stayed with us a lot of the time, most more times than not. And so there's about five of us and it was me. And then my sister, my sister, my sister, Whitney, uh, my cousin Naya, and Destiny were all like back to back, like, you know, right after each other in age. And then there was my my little brother, Bubba. He's the baby, so he got spoiled. I mean, spoiled rotten to this day. But those three girls, mm-mm. no, they, they, uh, <laughs> they, yeah, I was the oldest and I, and I, I'm very proud of it. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> cool. So okay. Overall, you had a you had a good childhood. It was fun. Um, I remember you telling me something about breaking a couple bones. <sighs> I I I think we should have that story be told. Um, yes, I would love to tell you about the time I broke my arm and nobody believed me. They thought that I cried wolf. I was riding my bike and I slid on the gravel and the bike came upon me like an, like a meteor shower. Just, just dropped down from the sky <laughs> onto me. <laughs> and I went screaming, mother, father. Okay. So hold on. <laughs> at this point, were you still a, a chunky little girl? Yeah, mm-hmm, okay, I was. So, okay. I was pretty chunky. <laughs> it was probably it was about third grade. It was third grade. Um, running home, telling my mom that it's broken and I need to go to the hospital now. And she said, "Stop it! Suck it up! Go get in the bathtub. It's time to get go wash up and get to bed." And I told her 
it's broken. She didn't listen to me. And so I got out the tub. I'm putting my pajamas on, you know, and just crying <laughs> in pain. And nobody listens to me. And they just said that I'm being dramatic. Could you believe that? Oh. Yes. I still cannot believe it till this day. <laughs> and she finally seen that my bone was popping out. And she said, oh, my gosh, your bone's broken. Then she rushed me to the hospital. But could you believe I went for that long? So okay, was mm-hmm. the bone <clears throat> was the bone popping out like like you could actually see the bone like the white or was it like like poking like poking out of your skin or like was it like you could see the skin over the bone but it was popping out? Stephen, I would probably say you could see the white. That's a lie. I'm lying. It was like the skin was broke and something was coming out. <laughs> and it felt wrong now i done cleaned it up in the bathtub and got out and it still was looking like something was coming out and it was out how why much, does it matter how much how much pain <laughs> were you in <laughs> a lot a lot of pain i couldn't move my arm so does your family still think you're kind of over dramatic a little bit yeah uh, uh yes and I was, <laughs> come on. I I kind of wish your mom or your sister was here so they could tell the story because I <laughs> you might be over overtelling it a little bit. I don't know. I'm just saying. Get out of here! No, I'm not. <laughs> just, okay. That okay. is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> okay, so Shoot. um, all right, let's let's move a little bit forward. Um, so at this point, what you were third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Mm-hmm, all that. How was um? Uh, how was your 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 time in middle school? Like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Middle school was cool. Middle school, we had a lot of drama. I don't like middle school aged kids. Uh, you know, hitting that puberty and everything. There was a lot of drama with girls, and just every week it was it was stupid i hated middle school but i did play tennis i did play tennis in seventh and eighth grade and that was fun a nice little escape uh no no (laughs) how'd you join my very best friend from the fifth grade um we bet we we're still best friends to this day in the fifth grade. Well, she, her grandma used to love tennis and we used to watch it at her house all the time. And so she got into it and then I was like, okay, well I'll do it. Cause it was either at that point you had to either be playing tennis or volleyball. And I wasn't about to put on them, you know, in middle school, I lost all that weight. I was very skinny in middle school. I don't know what happened, but when um, I was still, <laughs> I was still really self-conscious about it. I'm like, I'm not about to put on them little bitty spanks and y'all not. Mm-hmm. So I did tennis, long story short. And um, no, it wasn't good at all. It was because we had uh, the numbers. Everyone had a number. So the number one singles, number one doubles. Yeah, singles and doubles. And I was like number, number five. Uh, number one is the best. How many? And there was probably like seven or eight of us uh, <laughs> well at least you weren't number seven or eight for sure i wasn't a bit i wasn't the worst and I, I was good at my position i played doubles up at the net i was good at that don't put me nowhere else but i was good at that <laughs> <laughs> what else did you do in middle school besides tennis um, hung out with my friends uh we went skating a lot 
that was skated? fun. Like, like, skating rink. Like to the sk- skating rink. Oh, to okay. the skating okay, rink. No, 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 no. <laughs> skating rink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did get suspended for the first time the eighth grade year. I didn't get to go to my eighth grade graduation dance thing. What'd you do? That was my first time ever really getting in trouble. Um, so my locker was right outside of the art teacher's class. And I was at my locker. I was minding my own business and my own privacy of my own home. And she heard me, overheard me call her a bitch. And I was just, I mean, she was. I'm not lying. She was just really rude to me. <laughs> what, what, hold on. <sighs> what, what did she do to have you call her a bitch well she didn't like my art and i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> come on you can't freaking judge somebody's art what do you think you are well what, what do you mean like, like, she didn't like your art? what happened like what exactly did she say or what what did she do what do you mean like she didn't like your art I was very proud of this piece of work. And I and I think my mama still has it to this day. I, it was for Mother's Day, actually. And so everyone had to do like, a, um, I don't even know what's, what it's called, but you know how they have, you make a, um, a, a, a portrait, but like three different, like three different pieces of paper, but I use like some kind of weird fabric stuff. But it's like three different ones and you put them side by side and they're one picture. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we had to make it something like that. um, But, you know, just be creative. So I went and I got me a stick, got a stick and tied some string around it and did my things and hung them to each stick, to each string on the sticks, you know, and I painted it, painted the stick and I paint and, and, and I wrote mom on the three little things. And she said that I didn't do the assignment right. And I was very proud of that assignment. <laughs> I really liked it. She hurt my feelings and I called her that. And she heard me outside of her door. And then she freaking suspended me for like a week. And I couldn't go to the eighth grade graduation dance. <laughs> I had my dress and everything. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> so, so it wasn't that she didn't like it. It's just that the assignment wasn't done correctly. Is that- That's all you got from this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tomato, tomato, my feelings were hurt either way. <laughs> I mean, I did what everybody else did. I did the three little things and I did it in the thing. I don't know what she was talking about. I don't know what she was talking about. <laughs> so you've never been in any kind of trouble before then? No. Mm-mm. I would get in trouble for my mouth. I talked a lot. Um, like at school or at home? Both. <laughs> <laughs> like we talk a lot, like just talk or like sassy and, and... just talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not like talk back. I just, you know, I thought my way was right. Sometimes they didn't know what they was talking about. And so <laughs> I just, I just like to speak up. Oh, I do remember this one time my mom came to my, my, um, my class and sat in class with me looking raggedy and crazy because <laughs> I was talking too much. <laughs> oh my God. They actually do that? Yes! I didn't know that was a real came. thing. 
she came and sat right behind me in the desk, right behind me in the class. And um, uh, it was so embarrassing. It was horrible. And she just being friendly to all of my friends and the teacher. And she wanted to cuss me out, you know, afterwards and be all mean to me. All because of my mouth. <laughs> I just feel like I get punished for the punishment for things. It's not... It don't add up. It doesn't justify what you did. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I I didn't know parents actually did that. I thought that was just like in the movies or in TV shows. Mm-mm. She she only had to do it the one time. I do tell you that it was not. I uh, I mean, well, I still ran my mouth a little bit, but I didn't ever get to that point. Have you ever <laughs> seen the movie Glory Road? No, it's about I, I don't know if it's a Disney movie or not, but it's it's about a basketball team in uh in I believe it's El Paso, Texas, uh, back in the sixties. Um, I think they're called Texas Western. Um, it was the first time, like there was a all black starting team in the NCAA finals, but it talks about their story, mm-hmm. like from like the. The, like the beginning of the season and how they recruited the black players and there were seven black mm-hmm. players and five white players um mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um one of the players he's like he's studying like whatever that geology is it geology when they study rocks geography no, no. geography i don't I think know it's geology Ge- something Some, yeah. yeah something with the study of rocks well anyways mm-hmm. he's in class mm-hmm. and like his grades start slipping and he's just He's paying attention to the girls. Well, um, the coach made a promise to his mom, like, I'll take care of him. And he's from, like, New York, I think, or Brooklyn or something. Well, the coach calls his mom, and, like, in the scene, you see the footsteps of his mom coming in, like, down the hall, and he's over there trying to mack on girls during class. And she just busts oh. into class and sits next to him. And, like, <laughs> he's, like, all sitting up straight and paying attention. And the teacher asks, <laughs> like, so what is this rock? And she asks, she, she raises her hand, like, uh, my son can answer that. So he answers, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. so how does a rock turn into a rock? And she raises up her, her hand again, like, my son can answer that one too. So mm-hmm. he just answers. But I didn't know that was an actual thing. I didn't know people did that. <laughs> Absolutely, she she. I didn't. I didn't think she would do it either until she came into that <laughs> classroom. She proved me wrong that day, boy. Mm-mm. She did that. Very so, scary. Did you ever get into trouble after that? at all i mean i can't change who i am as far as (laughs) my my mouth i i didn't i didn't get along with that teacher there's some teachers you know you just have run-ins with and so i kept quiet a little bit with him because apparently he was in cahoots oh was was a dude that was a lady (sighs) no that was the art teacher oh this guy ugh, this guy was horrible but anyways i didn't I felt like they had a little, um, you know, emailing back and forth. They were talking about me and she was keeping her eye on me. He would go and tell her, you know, he would go and <laughs> tell her about me. So I knew to, to watch myself around him. But <laughs> Okay, so middle school, you started playing uh, um, tennis. You had a little run in. Um, you met your best friend there, right? I met my best friend in elementary school. Oh, and okay. So, but y'all were still best friends in middle school, started playing tennis together. Mm-hmm. So let's talk mm-hmm. about, um, let's talk about high school. What, what went on in high school? 
Um, your brother was five years older than you, uh, so I kind of know how that is. Once you graduate eighth grade, your brother's out of high school, right? Mm -hmm. ninth grade. So mm -hmm. how was that? Um, my brother was very involved in school and very popular and everybody knew him. And so when I came along with the same last name and we have similar personalities, um, but, uh, he was like, basically, I don't want to say we were, we, we just, he, he, when he was in high school, he was a yell leader. He was on um, the male cheerleader. And uh, he was a uh, in the, the the plays and musicals and stuff, um, which actually looking back, I wish I would have did stuff like that. But that just that wasn't me. Um, and so I think everybody was kind of expecting me to be like him and mm -hmm. especially just, you know, the same kind of personality. Um, we're both very outgoing and talkative or whatever, but. Yeah, they had to realize that we're two different people and I'm my own person and he's his own person, you know? Yeah. And so um, when I got to high school, I still was playing tennis freshman and sophomore year um, and maybe junior. I don't, th I don't, I don't really remember freshman and sophomore year for sure. Um, and then I got it. Huh? Were you good then? Did you improve? Nah. Uh, <laughs> I was good at my, I was good at my, my position. Okay. I got, I got very good at that. Um, <laughs> but nah, mm -mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, okay. I went to like, I think I went up to like number three. I wasn't okay, like number okay. five anymore. I think I was like number three, maybe four. Maybe I stayed at five a little. <laughs> <laughs> it just depended on the day. <laughs> I uh, I stopped that though, and um, went after that. I, I got into to BSU, the Black Student Union, and became treasurer. What is that? Uh, what which, is, what which is was the Black Student Union? Um, well, it's pretty much <laughs> <laughs> student union for black kids. But what is the student union? Is it like the, like, what is it called? Um, the class president and stuff like that? Is it the Stugo student government? Did y'all have student government? I, I think I'm not, I'm not even sure if we did or didn't. I wasn't really involved in high school at all. Student I, I think, I think we did actually. Well, like something like that, but it was a spinoff. My high school was very diverse. We had a little bit of everybody, okay. um, all different cultures and backgrounds. So we had, um, the Chinese clubs and black you had a Chinese student union. I don't think that's what they were called, uh, but there was one of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think they probably called themselves something else, but they're, yeah, they had a club. They, they met over there on the second floor. Uh huh. There was a French one. Yeah. They French had a French. Kids? Yeah. We had French kids. We had Spanish. We had a whole section of the Spanish, um, club. And I mean, we had everything. So it was just normal. Like, to be like that, I guess. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> and so like we would all like come together like for events and stuff and like have our own booths and our own, you know, stuff that we did. So, okay. Together. So you didn't do uh, much of what your brother did. So at this point you're kind of coming into your own and realizing, you know, you, you're not like your brother. And, um, mm -hmm. Your sister was two years younger than you. Was, did she go to the same high school as you did? Yeah. Did y'all yeah. like, did y'all hang out with each other or anything or? No, nope, nope, nope. She uh, she did. She had a really hard time in high school, and she um, we both we actually we both skipped a lot. Um, she skipped more than I did, but she was just really alone for the most part. Didn't like to get involved in anything so and i really i was at that age i didn't want her to be around me and my friends because she liked to tell on me so still as an older child <sighs> yes yes that's when she told on me <laughs> when she read my diary yes oh that's when talk, that happened so she, that. Elaborate on that. she she lost her privileges a long time ago she lost my trust it was about 16 years old you were 16 or she was 16? I I was 16 and I had lost my virginity and I wrote about it in my diary. My sister read my diary and told my mom about it. And <laughs> my mom, my mom wrote me a letter into my diary saying how she was just so disappointed in me and this and that. And I'm like. I cannot believe you. And she would like go back to her and tell her, Desi cuss. Desi, Desi, Desi was cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling mom. So yeah, we weren't, we weren't, what we did argued you, a lot. What did you feel like, what was going in your head when you read that page in your diary from your mom? Oh my gosh. I was humiliated. I was horrified. But I mean, I, I actually like, me and my mom had the relationship in high school. Like I could tell her, and even in middle school, we always had an open um, relationship where, I mean, she knew that I smoked and drank and all of that stuff. And so I was going to tell her eventually. Um, but I mean, I went home and wrote about it that night and my sister read it like ASAP and like within the next couple uh. of days, like, damn, <laughs> give me a chance. And that's what she was basically saying in the, in the letter. Like I thought, you know, we had, a relationship where you can come and talk to me about anything and this and that. And I'm like, okay, just, <sighs> well, you just broke it. Everyone just broke my trust. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. how was, um, so, okay, you're in high school now. Um, do you still have that good relationship with your dad at this point? Yes. Um, at this point, I think I was, around this time, early high school, freshman, sophomore or so, um, is when he had gotten divorced to my stepmom and he kind of went MIA and moved to Minnesota and we didn't have a really good relationship. Um, he was on drugs and alcohol pretty heavily and he was kind of mean. He was mean. He was very mean. So I really, at that point, it was kind of leading into that. Um, and then, yeah, like middle school, we were, we were, we were very close. We were extremely, 
I'd probably say I was his favorite. Um, and then he didn't, he didn't really like my attitude, I guess, my mouth. And so he, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, did it kind of, so I know you said you were, you were close to your stepmom. What did, it, did you take that divorce kind of hard? Yeah. Nothing really. Um, a lot of things changed after that. Um, I know my brother and sister, my, Younger two, Destiny and Trey, took it really, really hard. Um, just because they didn't have the same time with him that I had, like middle school and stuff. Like they were still a lot younger, um, and they had him like when they were younger. But like growing like into middle school and high school, they didn't. They just didn't have the same relationship as me and him did. Um, and so he wasn't like there was times where he would very briefly call me and talk to me and we would talk. Um, but he wouldn't call them or he would only, he would kind of pick and choose who he wanted to talk to. Um, and so it just, things weren't right. Things were not, it took a long time to heal all of that up and we're still actually working on it to this day, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so, okay. So you said, you lost your vision to 19, so that's right after high school. So let's talk about right before you got into high school, because I think that's a, uh, and I mean not got into high school, right before you graduated, because that kind of there's an important person that you met and that kind of involved with something. Let's, let's talk so about my senior year going into high school, I was um, I actually went to go enroll myself into my senior year and after that I went to Wendy's with me a burger. So I went to Wendy's and there was this guy in the back flipping burgers, doing fries, whatever they do back there. <laughs> and uh <laughs> he's looking at me, I'm looking at him like, I don't know, you know me. Anyways, <clears throat> go sit down, eat my food. Lo and behold, this man comes jogging over, asked me for my number. And at this point the the town that I'm from Everybody know everybody. And I had never seen this man before. So, okay. Well, and that's kind of what you look for. You know, you want, everybody wants something different or something new, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, we end up meeting up later that night and talking this and that. And we just had been together ever since then, um, for a long, about seven years after that. Um, and you were we, 18 we, at the time or 17? 17 uh 17 okay mm -hmm. 17 and so i went through high school i graduated did i graduate i think i i think i had one i had one class i grad i had one class like the last semester that i went to but i really didn't really go um so i was barely there really senior year and then um graduated Oh, that's when I was doing my CNA I, during the second semester. I started the, um, going to school for to be a certified nurse's aide, a CNA. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Realized that wasn't for me. It was fun <laughs> at the time. <laughs> um, we had the second part of the uh, of the the course was the clinicals where you had to go out into a nursing home um, and get like some hands-on experience. My great grandma was living at the nursing home that I was assigned to. So 
it was nice hanging out with her. Uh, and I realized I just like hanging out with her more than I like <laughs> actually working. doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went all the way through with that course. And then like, once it came time to take the test, I was like this, I don't want to do this. So that was stupid on my half. But, um, yeah, after that I started working Well, I was working before that, but I went back to working as a server, um, and did a couple different jobs in between all of that, like right after graduation, moved out, um, with him, got an apartment with him and, uh, yeah. Uh, so, (laughs) so, okay. Your relationship (laughs) with him was good. Um, how how would happen that that made you want to move in with him or have an apartment with him like that was that was my first like serious relate and he was 3 years older than me um and that was like my first serious relationship and i mean we were like inseparable we just we always wanted to be around each other and like it just yeah i just was trying to be too grown too fast um <laughs> So we moved in together and it was crazy and crazy. Um, How so? uh, We just, you know, those like relationships where you fight a lot and then you make up and then you fight some more and then you make up. It's just one big crazy roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were both young. I mean, I I hadn't felt like that for someone felt so strongly like that for somebody like ever. And I was just so young and I couldn't, I didn't know how to control or, you know, handle like all the emotions that I felt. So like when I'm angry, like I'm just super angry. And when I'm sad, I'm super sad. And it was just like, it was all over the place. And then, you know, trying to figure out how to be an adult, how to like have my own apartment and as a kid, all of that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. So, and that was the time that I started getting blind spots in my eye. Um, okay, so let's let's so, talk about that right there. So, when did you first realize something was wrong, or you started noticing something was changing? And was it shocking? Or did you care? Did you blow it off? What happened? Um, I thought it was weird. I thought it was just like a trick that I could do. <laughs> I had a blind spot. I had a blind spot in one eye. I don't remember which one. I had a blind spot. And uh, I was just like, I, I remember sitting in class, like blinking my eye and, you know, moving your eye like back and forth. Can I really not see over there? I just thought it was just like a, a trick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it was that's, a trick? <laughs> that's the only way I could describe it. Like, I can't see over there. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I remember it was like the top part. It was a uh, like the upper part, and I couldn't see up up top. Yeah. And I just I like it never ever crossed my mind that that was a blind spot in my eye. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. And um, this was at eighteen. This was at eighteen. This was my senior year. Um, yeah. And you never so. Like- Hey, I should get to get this checked out. You just, you just thought it was a trick. No, no, yeah, I thought it was a trick, <laughs> and so it ended up getting worse. Uh, and then that's when I got it checked out. How, how did um, it get worse? I was, 
I just like, it just started to be, it started to get more blind spots. Um, and it started to be to where like my glasses weren't working anymore. Um, and like I was driving down the road and I couldn't pay attention to the line, you know, the white line on the road and the curb and the lights. I couldn't like focus on everything. Like I had to look, look at one thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, I found myself like running up onto the curb. Um, oh, shit. I was just, I was driving home to my mom's house. Um, and I was like, mom, like, I don't think I can see I, something's wrong. And I'm thinking it's my glasses. Like, cause my glasses, like they're not working the way that they should. So I thought it was just this weird trick and I just needed a new prescription. So I went to, um, just a regular optim optometrist to get some new glasses. And I told him what was going on. And he was like, I think you're going blind. And I was like, what are you? <laughs> did, he say, did, did, did he really say it like that? Like, I think that's exactly that's his words. Word for word. That's exactly what he said. I think you're going blind. And, um, cause I told him, you know, I had a blind or I didn't tell him that, but I was like, yeah, it, you know how it's up here. Like I can't see up there. And then it, and then it came, it started doing it over here. It started doing it over here. And it's like, yeah, I think, I think, I think that means you're going blind. And my reaction to things is I just like laugh, like bust out laughing. I don't really know why, but <laughs> I, just, I just laugh like a foil in this man's face. Like, no, that's not what I'm here for. Just give me the script. Like, you know, I've been here a million times. Give me the script. So I can go across the street and get my glasses and I'll be on about my way. So you're in denial. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So he referred me to a neurologist, a pediatric neurologist, which a baby one blew my mind. A baby one. He had freaking toys and cats and did you, weird. Did, did stuff. you get a lollipop after? No, I wonder why. That's <laughs> probably wrong. Yeah, you think? But oh, he, wait, what do you guys <laughs> call it up there? <laughs> <laughs> What do y'all call it down there? We call it a sucker. It's called a sucker. It's not a lollipop. We call it lollipops down here. I want a lollipop. Oh, sir, can I Anyways, please have a lollipop? So let's, let's continue on the story. Um, so you had a you went so to he, a baby neurologist. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he uh, runs a bunch of tests. You know, does this full neurology exam and asks me a million questions and couple days later he calls me with the results and tells me that this is what it is um an mo and i don't really know what it is at this point i had never heard about it um and my mom and i were in a really big fight at the time and when i got the results i was coming home i had just started my first semester of college what was the fight um, about and i was just, before you I, I don't even remember okay i've i don't even know but um <clears throat> I was driving home from my classes and uh, got the call that that's what it was. Um, and so then I called my mom. I was like, well, I'm going blind and paralyzed and incontinent and all these things. Um, so you should be ashamed of yourself and this and that. <laughs> I told her, go look it up. And so then she goes on Google and looks it up. And of course, 
<laughs> probably finds all kind of scary <laughs> death wishes and <laughs> all this stuff. And she calls me back crying like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. So at this point, where was uh, you, you, you and your boyfriend? Or like, well, how was your boyfriend taking it? And did you tell your dad? Because your dad was at Minnesota at this point, right? Mm, I think so. Probably. Okay, did, yeah. did you tell him, or it wasn't until like late, way later on? Yeah, I told everyone. Everyone was there throughout the process. Because um, right after that, I mean. I, it, everything kind of moved fast. Um, and I had to get into a bunch of different treatments and stuff. And so all of my family was there throughout the whole thing. Um, my boyfriend was kind of like the mentality, like, okay, this is what it is. Now, what are we going to do about it? Like, how can we fix it? How can we, you know, how can we handle it or whatever? Um, my dad was, my dad, like, to joke joke around a lot so he made a lot of blind jokes and uh <laughs> when shit really wasn't that funny um but everyone was there everyone dealt with it in their own way um yeah so we went to he had referred me to a neurologist in kansas city and she's an adult a neurologist so i felt a little better about myself i stopped pouting um <laughs> She uh, made me do all of these damn plasma phoresis. I don't even want to know. I don't. I don't want to get all technical, but because ain't nobody gonna know what I'm talking about. But I mean, a whole you bunch can. of. I'm sure some people. Some people may know. I mean, I probably won't. But you know. Well, I had to do freaking IVIG, which is IV steroids and plasma phoresis, which is. They take your plasma out of you. They put it in the, this machine. They clean it and they put it back in you. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. About. Okay. Uh huh. And so that one, the t- like the the IV was like a big old tube, like sticking out of your neck. Oof. Um. And so it was it was like dialysis. It was kind of like the same thing as dialysis. Um. So I had to do all of that for quite a while. Like the first few years really because we were trying to find the right um protocol the right treatment that was going to work for me and nothing was working um and those are the things so at this point was it was your vision still changing was nml attacking your your still your your was your spinal cord right yeah nmo was still my vision my vision had changed a lot during this time like i don't even remember one day I would be blind in this eye. One day I'd be blind in this eye. You know, it was always something different. Um, and so, and it, it had attacked, it attacked, I, I had um, lesions in my spine. Um, I never like had any paralysis or anything, but I had a lot of numbness, and like sharp pains and different types of nerve damage. Um, and so I had a lot of physical pain as well. Never paralysis, but I did. Um, experience like different kind of a lot of different kind of symptoms there was a point in time where I couldn't eat um, for months and I was just throwing up it got to the point where I was like throwing up like anytime I would make any sudden movements it just slowly progressed to being that um, intense and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me at that point um, so 
I don't know. I just had a million freaking different things like happen just over and over back to back. And so how was your emotional um, and mental state at this point? Um, you know what? Every time I, I, I probably was in denial. Um, just cause I was just like, I was really tired. I do know that. But at the same time, like if I ever started feeling better, like for a month or so, like I was ready to get to try to pick up where I had left off, like go back to school or go back to doing this or that. And so I, I felt like if I got over this thing, I could, I could get back to where I was. I didn't think that there was going to be something else coming up. And so over and over, there was something coming up and I just, I kept failing at, at all of these things. And what do you mean some, something kept coming up? Like I would like my vision would change or I would be having these like nerve pain, like this nerve pain where I would have this nerve pain where like my leg and it still does, but my leg would go out to like where I'd have to drag it. Like I can't mm. walk. Right. Cause it just feels heavy. So I would have to drag my leg or I couldn't, or I would drag my arm. Like I couldn't, my arm wouldn't work or move. Um, and so, or like I would be like walking in the store or something. And there was times where I had to use the little scooter things. Yeah. Cause I couldn't walk for long periods of time cause my back would hurt, um, so bad. Or like I was doing an internship at an organization at this point And one of my accommodations was to lay on the ground. I had a yoga mat that I had in my office and I had to lay on the ground like every 30, 45 minutes, um, for a second, just to like stretch out my back. Um, and then I would get up and get back to doing my work. And so just like little things, like it didn't all happen at once, but something like that would happen. And I had to figure out how to adjust or I had, or it was too much and I had to stop what I was doing. And so it was just stuff like that over and over back to back. So that was preventing you from, uh, progressing in a sense. Yes. Okay. Cause yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. My, um, and how old were you at this point? Uh, between 19 and about 23, 24. Okay. So, um, did something happen at this point at 23? Something did happen, right? Yeah. You want to go into that or do you want there's was there more that that's you didn't uh, speak on? Mm, nope. Okay. So 23 um Was it 23? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I know you tell me. <laughs> I think, uh, 23, I was still with, um, my boyfriend at the time and we ended up getting engaged, um, ended up celebrating our engagement and had a baby. <laughs> we didn't, uh, didn't go through with the engagement and the marriage and all that, but we had a baby and had her at 24. Nah, it was 20. I had her at 23. I don't know. I had her in 2018. Whatever that was. And Two years ago? She, 24. 
2017. 23? I had her in 2017. Naraya means the light of God. So she is my light because, you know, the whole blind thing. Um, <laughs> the whole blind thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, How did you, um, so before before she was born, uh, you found out you were pregnant. Were there any um, thoughts uh, running through your head about being a blind parent? Yes, she wasn't planned per se. Um, and I, I just, I did not, I just had so much fear and anxiety over a lot of things like, how am I going to have her birthday parties? How am I going to see her presents? How am I going to see her go to school? How am I going to see her graduate how am i gonna you know just all these things i mean her whole life not even like in the next couple of months but like the next 18 years like i would just stress and worry about how i'm gonna how i'm gonna do it um and i was not i still wasn't i was still like unstable and my vision was changing and stuff during this time um and so unstable i was in your, your vision and your animal right not yeah. Most of yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was a hard, it was a really, really hard pregnancy. Um, I was just completely uncomfortable and, and a lot of pain and stuff. And so when I had her, uh, I was on bed rest for seven days before um, getting induced and having her. And so that was tough. That was so tough. Oh my goodness. Um, then she came into this world three weeks early. Um, she was just at the line of being a premature. She wasn't premature, but she was like a day over being premature. Um, and she, I had to do an emergency C-section because she was distressed. Um, she gets that from her mama, they say. She, I mean, it's just so cute. She just had a really dramatic entrance. And I just, I just can't help but be proud, you know? Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. Oh, you know what happened? So my doctor, that when she was in distress, like, they're like, she's got to come now. But my OB was not on call. Uh-huh. He wasn't, he wasn't there. And it happened to be, my OB was the same OB that delivered me and all of my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was cool as a fan. Like he was sweet old man. It was really weird having him go up in there, but he was sweet. <laughs> um, he, he went on call. So it was this other doctor and I did not know this woman. I think I said maybe, but three words to this woman, the whole entire before, during and after given birth. Um, she says, you know, she's got to come now. She and, and I'm thinking, I thought like in the movies, like when you have a C-section that you're awake during that time. Mm, no, they put you to sleep. Do they really? Like, yeah, I was like, well, that don't sound right. I would like to be awake. 
And uh, she was like, it's, I mean, she was really rushing me. I don't understand why. Like, she's fine in there. I know traumatic when I'm, you know, <laughs> like, I know she's fine. It's cool. Like, but she was just adamant on getting her out of there. And so um, her dad was there and I, I looked at him. He looked at me. He's like, I, I got it. I, you know, I'm not going to let nothing happen or whatever. And so she, uh, I go to sleep and I wake up however later and here she is. But when she cut me open, she cut her face. Oh, she had this big old cut on her face. And that doctor never came in after that to speak to me or anything. Um, and so I don't know what that's about. I was out of it. I'm mad because I really could have got she, she really could have heard from me. But I was just out of it and completely in love with her at this point. But yeah, she uh, we, we like to say she came into this world stressed and dramatic and she was a fighter from day one. So yeah um after that settling in at home and stuff was really hard um i'd say about two or three months in um i started dealing with post uh post traumatic no yeah 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 wrong one postpartum (laughs) depression postpartum depression and it was oh it was tough i tell you now how so it was the worst thing i've ever experienced in my whole entire it, it, okay it was like i could not because when i first during my pregnancy in the first month i was living with her dad still we weren't together but i was living with him um and then after that first month, I moved back into my mom's house. And when I moved back into my mom's house, we, me and her shared a room. She, she slept in her crib and I slept in my bed. But, you know, we were, we were always together. And I never, I never, like, was away from her. Like, I was never, she was always there, you know. Um, and I felt bad if I ever wanted, or if I ever tried to leave without her, I had a lot of mom guilt. And so she was always there and I, I couldn't, I couldn't leave her, but at the same time it was killing me. It was like really messing with me to be with her that much and that, that often. And so what, it like, got to what the point, you, um, like, what do you mean it, it was hurting you to be with her? It, well, it got to the point to where like, I, I I needed I needed a minute to be away from her, um, oh, okay, where I just yeah, okay, couldn't. Yeah. You need some time to like yourself. hearing her, yeah, hearing her cry or hearing her talk or anything. I just it 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 gave me anxiety, and I I just was like numb to it all. Um, was that and you think? Okay, yeah, I guess I was a postpartum, but do you think it had anything to do with your blindness? Like, um, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like you, you had to deal with yourself and your blindness, which you hadn't done yet. And then you had yeah. this on top of that. Yeah. Um, just cause there was like new things. I mean, with the newborn, they literally change every week. Sometimes two times a week, like they would learn something new or they would do something different. They're never the same baby that they were last week. So they could be like on 
some crazy schedule right now. And the next week they sleep, you know, all night. And next week after that, they can be on some weird schedule, you know, so it was always something different. And so I could never adjust. And before now, like I still could never adjust. I never had that stability. And I feel like with my blindness, that's really what I needed, like a steady like plan, you know, um, to be comfortable with myself. And I never gotten that. Um, and so learn, trying to learn all these new techniques, trying to learn how to, to be a mom, you know, like, and, and, and be blind at the same time. It was just, it was, it was really overwhelming. Um, knowing like with her doing stuff that I can't see and someone having to tell me that that's what she's doing, you know, um, stuff like that just really, really got to me. And, um, at this point you're at your mom's was your mom like helping you along the way with all this? Yeah, she was really helpful, really hands on. Um, and a lot of people would be like, you know, happy to have that much help. But for me, it was like, she was like smothering me almost, you know, she wanted to, she wanted to be in charge of everything of, you know, feeding her being have like this. She would like make suggestions like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Like, this is the sleeping schedule. This is just everything. And it's, I guess to other people that's like normal, but to me, just as a blind person, I just, that was one of my biggest fears. I don't want my mom. I don't want anyone to raise her other than me. Like you come to me, not the other way around, you know? And so, um, she was there like when I, I, when I just physically mentally could not, when I just checked out and there was times that I really did. Um, and she, she always stepped up and was there and, I think she thought she, I think with me feeling like that, she had a lot of say so. So it was kind of like, you know, bittersweet. It was, I did, I checked out. So she stepped in. So it's like, I can't really say nothing, you know? Yeah. So how did so, you, um, how were you able to, how long were you, did, were you feeling this way? And, and how did you get out of this postpartum depression? I was feeling this way. Um, so I had her in February. I was feeling this way probably like, excuse me, um, March until August, October, August, September, somewhere around there. Um, I didn't. I just got, I just, I, I, I knew that I, uh, it got to a point where I had started to think about, you know, well, what if I'm not here anymore? What if I just let my mom take her? What if I just end everything and had these thoughts? What do you of, mean by that? You know, everything. Su- suicidal thoughts. Um, and I, I didn't, uh, um, I just wanted, I just wanted it to go away. I wanted to feel like myself again. And I felt like there was no other way to do that. And I couldn't, 
I wasn't going to be a good mom and all of this stuff. And it was just way too much for me to handle. So I started thinking, you know, what if I never like had any actual plan or any type of, you know, so when I started thinking like that, I, I knew something wasn't right. I knew cause I never had that before. I, I a lot of people in my family have, but I knew that I was kind of able at that point to pinpoint, okay, this makes sense that this is postpartum. Cause like, why am I feeling like this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point I realized I needed to get out of my mom's house. I needed my own space. I needed to be able to be independent if I wanted to do this my way instead of, you know, under my mom's roof and whatever. And so I finally, um, made the steps to get my own apartment. And, um, at that point I started to, I was able to, to, to have a little bit of time alone. And in, in the beginning, um, when I was like getting everything together, getting everything moved in and organized and stuff, my daughter stayed with my mom. Um, so, you know, I could get everything. And, um, during that process of just like, building this this place our our home it just I just started to feel better I felt like I had accomplished something I felt like um I didn't feel as as low and as down about myself um and I knew that it was the the right step in the right direction and so I started to feel better at that point um and yeah so okay so you finally had your own space. You finally, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, you felt free from postpartum. Um, where was your your brothers and sisters and your dad, like, and and uh, Nora's dad at this point? Were they? Did they know that you were going through this? Did Did they? Anyone try to help you? through that i think they i think they just seen it as i was struggling to adjust to motherhood um i never wanted to act like that in front of them act like i just couldn't take care of her in front of them um and so they were always around i mean damn near every day all the time they wanted to see her all the time and so my brothers and sisters and stuff and we um they knew that i was i was down and they knew that it was i was going through a lot um especially like because i had broken up you know with her dad and i got pregnant and so just that like first year after being single you know for the first time ever and the mom stuff i think they just kind of figured that i was just going through it i guess um, but they didn't know like the severity, I don't think. Um, but yeah. And at this point, um, was your vision still changing? No, at this point I had started a clinical trial right after I gave birth to her, um, where I would have to go to Kansas city every two weeks. Um, I, I took a really big step. Uh, a really big leap of faith um, to do this trial because I'm like, well, it's not FDA approved. Like, what are you talking about? Um, 
but at this point I had tried every other drug in the book and it didn't work. Um, so I really didn't have too much of a choice Yeah, and it turned out to be the best thing in the whole entire world. So we were going to Kansas city every two weeks with a newborn and it was, it was crazy and the appointments were crazy and, but I was stable. I was, I was stable. So, okay. So you, you found something to help you with your NMO that help you, help stabilize it um mm -hmm. you gave birth to a baby girl um mm -hmm. you go into postpartum depression you you crawl your way out of that um mm -hmm. at, okay at this point how were you feeling like you, you finally got out you're stable you have your own place what were you feeling what what was your mental state what was your emotional state I felt really good about myself. I felt, I felt really good about myself. I started to eat better and drinking gallons of water each day and going on walks. And I started learning Braille. I started doing Braille lessons. Um, got back and, you know, tried to learn different jaws the screen reader and all this stuff and i just i felt really good i felt like i could do this so, so, so you haven't yeah. had any training uh before this right any like blind training no i mean it don't really count i had about a week did uh becoming a mother kind of help you like kind of push towards getting some of that training Yes, it did. I didn't. I started to learn Braille because I wanted to read books to my baby. And so I really loved, I was, I was a really big reader before my vision and I missed opening the book and filling the pages and smelling them and all that stuff. So <laughs> I wanted to learn Braille to do that. Um, and then the jaw was like, yeah, I just, I had, I had some motivation and that was her. That's good. Okay, so mm -hmm. you finally get over this 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 little hump of, um, uh, I guess I call it some some kind of bad luck or something. Um, but then, what happens next? Like you, you're finally at home. Like you you finally have a home. You and Naraya. What happens mm -hmm. next? So during that whole year, she Naraya would have fevers and at first it was normal first it was teething at first it was being sick at first it was regular baby stuff and then it turned into her having them more often where it wasn't normal so we took her to the er um and they said that there's nothing they could do and they need to ship her to Children's Mercy, the Children's Hospital in Kansas City. And um, it's crazy because I remember I had just started my girl lesson. I remember sitting in the ER room waiting for him and the nurse comes in and I'm sitting at this chair. Her dad, she's with her dad in the, in the bed and I'm like practicing the braille. And I'm like on A and B and C. And um, the nurse is kind of looking at me and asking me, like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, it, it's Braille. She was like, oh. <laughs> but um, uh, so we we get to um, 
they tell us there's nothing they can do. We need to, we need to go to children's mercy. So we go and it's a really long night. We don't even get there until like four or five in the morning. And then like when the rounds came like seven or eight, like a lot of doctors came in the room all at once. And at this point, nobody had ever said anything. I'm thinking it's like an earache or something. Nobody implied that it was anything. And I felt like the ER doctors back home knew, but anyways, this doctor came in with a team of doctors behind her and she sits down and she shows me all this stuff. And these tells me about these numbers and this is your daughter's numbers. This is what they should be. This is what they are. And this and that. And, uh, she's showing signs of leukemia, cancer of the blood. And, um, I laugh. <laughs> I, uh, Again. I laughed in her face. <laughs> well, I had no sleep. I had, I was going on no sleep whatsoever. And I, I laughed like so hard this time. It was, it was really <laughs> uncomfortable. I think everyone in the room was uncomfortable by my laugh, but <laughs> I crack <laughs> up because that's, I just had, I wasn't expecting that, you know? Yeah. And so she waited for me to calm down a little bit and, you know, answered all my questions about it. And we sat and talked and discussed it. And my sister was there with me. It was me and my sister and Rye. And, and she, she left. And as she was leaving, my brother lives in Kansas City. And so he was on his way already. And so as she was leaving, he was coming up into the walking down the hallway as your sister was and, leaving, um, the doctor was leaving the doctor as the doctors were leaving so i had just gotten the news and i was like i need a minute so i step outside the the room um you know just to process everything and my brother comes walking up to me and he just grabs me and i just started crying Did your brother say anything to you? You could take um, a minute. You could take a minute. No. It, he just, I just was mad and I was angry and he just agreed and he, he, he wasn't like, you know, going to say it's going to be okay. He was just, you know, agreeing like this sucks. Like this is, this isn't fair. This isn't cool. Um, and so so everything just moved really fast after that. They started her on that. They they came in and told me about the the treatment protocol and um how it was going to be a lot of work and it was going to be very time consuming, um and just you know prepared me for it. And so we stayed there for I think about a week, um, and then we went back home. And then after that, we started going back down there just about an hour and some away. We started going back down there every week, plus my infusions down there every two weeks. Um, 
And so we would go down there. It was me and my mom who made most of the trips in Naraya. And so for her and her, her treatments, most of the time we would go, they would be on a Wednesday. And so we would go the day before they would be like seven thirty, seven, seven thirty on a Wednesday. So instead of getting up that early, we would just go down the night before and stay at the Ronald McDonald house. I'll get to that in a minute and, um, stay in the, the, the Wednesday appointments would be all day appointments. And so we would be basically tired, wiped out. And cause it was hard. It was, it was really hard hearing her cry and hearing other babies crying all around. <sighs> so we would stay um, till till Thursday and then and then come back home on Thursday. So one week we would be there from Tuesday to Thursday, and then we would that was every week for quite a while. Um, and then it kind of slowed down after the first couple months, but we stayed in the Ronald McDonald house, which was amazing. Um, they were so helpful. They were, they, they were right across the street and it was free of charge and there, it was clean. It was like a hotel room and they had kids playrooms and they had parks and they had just all kind of toys and everything. And it was, it was amazing. And so it was definitely like a weight lifted, you know, off of our shoulders. Like didn't have to worry about that. They fed us everything. So we did that for a while and then it started to slow down around like, um, she was diagnosed in December of 18 and yeah. Or 17. She was born in 2017. And it was that year, 17. Yeah, she was diagnosed December of 17. And then it started to slow down. And then she went into remission. She started uh, chemo, you know, right at January, right at December, January. And then she went into remission. So they got all the cancer out of her blood in February. And she hasn't had any cancer in her since then. So. Um, awesome. She, um, things started to slow down around, uh, August, September of that year. And then we would only have to go. And so now we go once a month, um, instead of every week. So yeah, she's just, so when, um, when you find out the news, when you're going through all this, um, your brother and sisters, I mean, your brother was there, your sisters, your sister was there, Whitney was there, mm -hmm. but, but your other brothers and sisters and your dad and your stepmom, um, did they know? Did they, how did they take yeah. it? Um, my stepmom was amazing. My stepmom is a respiratory therapist at the same hospital, at the children's hospital. Um, and so she was there um, just for whatever we needed. I remember she bought her, you know, a million head wraps for when she lost her hair and, um, would bring me, you know, food or whatever. And my brothers and sisters were there too, but at, a lot of the times her immune system was so low that she couldn't be in public. She couldn't go anywhere. 
Um, so a lot of, you know, visits and stuff were limited. Um, but my sister was there in the beginning. She, she stayed with me for like the first, uh, few months actually. Um, cause it was just so hard on me mentally. Um, and yeah, everyone was still around and what kept you going? Cause that, that has to be emotionally draining and, and mentally draining. What, what, you like you just got over postpartum depression and you, mm-hmm. your animal just got stable and then you're getting hit harder with this mm-hmm. what was keeping you going what was keeping you strong Mariah I mean it just became it just became the normal it became the routine there was hard parts you know that I knew that I had to deal with like it was hard part seeing her like drugged up, getting spinal taps like right in front of me and seeing her like out of it. I knew that, you know, that was going to happen today. I knew that it was not going to take long. Get over that. You know, we can go back to the Ronald McDonald house and play again. And it was just like, that was just it, like back to back. And it, it was just kind of like, um, just in this mode, you know, this routine that, do what you got to do to get it done and then later on we'll deal with how i feel like i don't i i can't i can't i don't have any time or energy or space to to deal with that right now because i have to be there for her i can't i can't let her see me like that because she has to go through all of this you know yeah um so she went into remission um how is she doing now like to this day she's amazing she's she's crazy it don't make no sense it's, i mean she's the medicines that she's on right now are not as intense and not as extreme so she doesn't really have any side effects she just looks like your normal average talkative as all get out three-year-old just talk 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 i don't know where she gets it from <laughs> yeah i don't know either <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, uh, she, um, she's great. Her hair is growing back, um, and she didn't. I mean, she didn't miss any milestones. It's perfect. Like, yeah. So okay, so you finally, uh, you guys are on a mission. You, you know, things start to slow down with Mariah. Your your animal stable. Um, out of postpartum now it's back to dealing with your blindness Mm -hmm. um so okay so at this point it's 2019 correct Mm -hmm. before dealing with the blindness i dealt i i i addressed the mental health um and my sister came to me with this idea before all of this, like kind of like right, excuse me, right before she got diagnosed when I was kind of in that happy state, mm-hmm. um, this idea for a conference. Um, cause there was this grant that she was looking at and this grant called for you to do some type of community event, um, related to mental health. And, um, we, put it off just cause you know, life got in the way. And then, um, when everything got a little more stable and okay, we 
revisited the idea and, 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 and wanted to do a conference. Um, the conference would be like, um, a workshop type of thing, like a one day workshop where we help, um, youth and young adults, um, learn about mental health and, um, different resources, warning signs, stuff like that. Um, and so we partnered with a lot of different organizations, um, and we would go all around town and present our ideas and we would have like work sessions, like three times a week. And we would have all of this stuff. And we had the whole like plan the whole day, you know, uh, schedule and, and, and different speakers and everything that we wanted to do. And we had it all worked out. We had a whole presentation. Um, but that didn't work. <laughs> Why not? Didn't, well, we didn't get the grant. Um, and we just didn't have a lot of experience, I guess. And we didn't, everyone loved our idea when we came to them, all of these different local organizations, but didn't nobody want to give us no money. So it's just plain and simple as that. Um, but yeah, it made me realize that I was passionate about helping people about mental health stuff. And I was also passionate about, um, like organizing things and putting on events and planning different things and stuff. So I learned to, you know, new things about myself in that moment. And so hopefully we can get back to that someday, but if not, then I know moving forward with what I want to do next in my life, which I don't know if I'm going to get to, but you know, I'm going to use those things in the future. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, so now I was, now I was back to dealing with your blindness. Like how, we, how did you start? Cause 2019 after the conference, all that stuff, uh, Naraya's starting to, um, things trying to cool down with Naraya. Um, mm-hmm. how did you start? Cause you're in Kansas, basically the middle of the States, mm-hmm. um, a flyover state. Um, <laughs> um, how did you did you know any blind people at this point did you what what was going on I knew two blind people that I used to work at an organization with um, just the two and uh, I didn't have any real I mean I had a really good relationship with these two and I was able to you know see how they lived and, you know, on a day-to-day basis or whatever, um, and learned a lot, but I just, I just thought like looking at them, like what they went through was the only way to go, I guess, you know, that's, that's the norm. And I realized that that wasn't the case. Um, so just said you kind of wanted to, you know, throw some feelers out there and try to find some blind people. Yeah. So I was trying to find, I was actually trying to find blind people in Kansas City. Um, 
because I was wanting to move there. And so I was trying to find blind people there to see, to ask them questions about the area. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up coming across like different Facebook groups and stuff with blind people and realized that there's a whole, <laughs> whole damn population. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know why I thought it was just us three in this world, but no, <laughs> there's a lot of, you three a lot of us out there. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's it. And so, boy, I learned a lot that day. So how many members? Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I quickly learned that, um, there was multiple ways to go about it and, realized that there was no resources basically in my area that it was not normal to have to wait two years to get assistive technology that it was not normal to only have one week of cane training um i just learned all of these things really quick and so what were some of these groups that you found on facebook i don't remember all of them i remember the blind lounge and it was just a bunch of blind folk having fun and they just were normal people just like me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I loved it. So how was, how was that feeling finally? Like realizing like, Oh shit, there's a whole world out there of blind people. It was amazing. I mean, with the those two women that I knew, I was very close to them and I, and, and, and that feeling, was like oh my gosh i can talk to them you know just like i talked to my friends that you know like before because i didn't have a lot of friends after i lost my vision um and i and i and i missed that i missed having friends and so i had that with them and then we kind of fell off um so it was nice to have that kind of connection again to to people that i can relate to Okay, so mm-hmm. um, so you found like your, I guess your community. Um, mm-hmm. Is this group like helping you uh, cope, helping you, helping you? Um, mm. I get get used yeah. to and what what to do with like how to get training or, or you know you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They they definitely helped me realize that I thought that I was okay with my blindness. Um, I felt like it's been too long, like I'm over it now. It is what it is. But I realized very quickly um, in there that I was not yet um, comfortable with it um, and confident enough of myself um, as a blind person. And so they're helping me through all of that and just it's just nice to be able to freaking be able to just how do you read your mail you know how do you take out your trash how do you (laughs) go to the store just little stuff you know like it's nice so yeah they've helped me in plenty different ways do you think um i guess because you've gone through so much since you've found out you're losing your vision mm-hmm. do you think now you have some kind of open time open space to i mean if if you think you haven't yet but if if you think you have 
uh, finally some time to grieve your blindness and actually um, be comfortable with it if you're not yet comfortable with it? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that I, I really don't know how much more I can grieve, <laughs> but I, I will say, I think that I, I know what steps that I need to take to be able to get to a place where I'm comfortable and confident. I ain't taking them steps yet. I have not yet taken them. <laughs> But I know that they need to be done. And yeah. I think from hearing your story today, um, cause there's five steps of the grieving process. Uh, from what I heard of your story, I think you're at the final stage of acceptance. And I, th I think you're getting close to there because you did, mm -hmm. you did find a community of blind people. Mm -hmm. um, now in this community this group would you recommend it um, what do you like about this group and what have you gotten from this group and yeah that, those those questions <laughs> I like yes I would recommend it to any and every single blind person I like it because I there's all different kind of things that they talk about in there. Um, I've made some close friends. Um, and I think there's all different kind of people in there for anyone to make close friends with. Um, and they just, there's different like shows that they do. They do talent shows. They do, um, uh, Shows on everything. I mean, parenting shows, um, just all kind of stuff. And so there's there's something for everyone in the group. And it's, it's yes, I would recommend it. And yes. Awesome. All right. So now looking back, um, what have you learned about yourself? Like going like from everything from, you know, being born with uh you said you have a biological father to having a st uh, a dad that was there from the beginning to getting in trouble, calling your teacher a bitch, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, a relationship, uh, pregnant, postpartum, blindness, uh, leukemia to, to now. Well, looking back, what have you learned about yourself? I learned that I am I'm the shit. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, I would say I am the shit. Uh, but I am also like a beautiful butterfly. I was once a caterpillar, and now I'm a butterfly. Yeah. I don't know. I think you wanted some deep meaning. No, no. Didn't I tell you that? I thought I told you that, that you were in a cocoon and yeah. Uh-huh. But I had already known that. Okay. okay. Excuse me. <laughs> you uh, just confirmed uh, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Coming right. out. So we come to the end. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. We come to the end. What is some advice, uh, words of wisdom, uh, 
anything you would like to give to someone that is listening to your story and feels like, hey, I'm going through that right now. Um, anything like two, two things, three things, whatever you want, any type of advice you want to give someone that's going through the same thing? I would say if you listen to this and you heard anything familiar, I would say, well, hi, how are you? Um, you're not alone. You're not the only one. So please do not isolate yourself. Please, please, please find community, find somebody, find multiple people that you can just talk to about anything and everything or nothing at all, just about the damn weather, like whatever. Find community. Do not isolate yourself. Please take care of your mental health. It is so important. Um, I mean, sometimes it can be seriously life-threatening, like mental health, like that's something near and dear to my heart. So please take care of your mental health. Um, find resources and support groups and hotlines and whatever you need to do to survive, to, to wake up the next day. Um, if you're dealing with depression and all of that, I would say go wash your face, go take a shower. That is the first step. I know it is hard, extremely hard, but you can do this. You're, you're strong enough. You have everything in you already to be able to make it out of this. Um, and I would also want to say thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Desiree, um, mm. thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Steven. I know there were some uh, tough points, but uh, I'm sure someone's going to hear this and you're going to help somebody. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let them know who you are and what this is and uh, take it out. Um, hey, y'all. It's Desiree and this is my blind life. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Um, stay tuned in the next episode. Bye. Uh, Go ahead. Tell them bye, Desiree. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, <laughs> bye. Later, <guys. laughs>